Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello and welcome to God's Word for Life podcast. This is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your summer 2020 Living Word student workbook or lesson manual and turn to lesson number seven intended for July 19th, 2020, lesson entitled A Humbled Leper. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look at our text today and dive into that and see what we can do to apply this scripture, these words to our lives this week, just wanted to share a quick story Uh, In December of 1999, while in the Mississippi State Penitentiary in Parchman, Mississippi, Ron repented of his sins and was filled with the Holy Ghost. Over time, he took some correspondence courses through a Bible school, studying to be a minister. God was changing his life. Conviction was uh, stirring in him, and, and God was doing a work in his life. Also, he studied some law, trying to get his conviction overturned. And while he was there, he gained an incredible reputation with the warden and the guards, and he was known throughout that prison for his ministry and the quality of work that he did all over that prison campus. Ron had family and friends and pastors and business owners write letters to the governor trying to, get every, trying to do everything they could to get his, uh, to get his sentence overturned. And after 18 years, Ron finally realized that even though he was doing his best to live a life of integrity, obey God's word, pride still had a foothold. And one day, Ron prayed this prayer. He said, God, I am guilty of my crimes, and I deserve to be here. He said, Lord, I want you to decide what is best for me. If you decide it's best for me to stay in prison for the rest of my life, then I am okay with that. After praying that humble prayer, everything began to change in Ron's life. Everything began to change. Over the next two years, doors began to open. Events began to happen that were unheard of in that prison. All this led to a miraculous release at Ron's first parole hearing. Genuine humility touches the heart of God and allows our hearts to connect to his. And it provides the opportunity for the miraculous. Humility really is a catalyst for the miraculous and God working in our lives. Once you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to look at the story of Naaman and this lesson entitled, A Humbled Leper. All right, let's look at 2 Kings chapter number 5. If you look at the first eight verses, we see this character Naaman introduced. And Naaman was a prominent man. He was a captain of the king's guard of the Syrian army, and he was a very prominent man. And he was he was used to being honored. He was he was used to preferential treatment. Naaman was used to being treated in a particular way. This kind of set the stage for what happened when he came in contact with 
Elisha. Let's read 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 through 14. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 through 14. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Naaman, at this point, he has leprosy. He's come down. He's sick and he's diseased with leprosy. So he comes with his horses and chariots, stood to the, stands at the door of the house of Elijah, Elisha. Verse 10, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest not thou have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Verse 14. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Our focus thought for today is God delivers those who humble themselves. If we look at this passage, just break it down just a little bit and find a couple things that we can uh, ponder and apply to our lives this week. If we look at the first three verses, verses 9, 10, and 11, Naaman comes with his horses and chariots and he stands outside the door of the house of Elisha. If there was a doorbell, he would have rung it. He stands there and Elisha doesn't come to the door. But instead, he sends a messenger to him. He doesn't look and go to Naaman. Elisha stays in his place in the house, and he sends his messenger, and he gives his messenger a message to give to Naaman. And basically, the message is, Go wash in Jordan, the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh shall come again, and you'll be clean. But this captain of the guard, this man who was used to preferential treatment, this man who was used to honor, became very angry and he stormed off the porch of Elisha got back on his horse or back in his chariot and drove off dust flying up behind him he was mad and he starts talking and saying why didn't he come out and talk to me why didn't that prophet come out sure he could have surely he could have come out himself instead of sending a messenger to talk to me surely he could have called on the name of the lord his god and waved his arms and done something great and and healed me right there why did he send a message and naaman was upset may I ask you a question is there an offense in your life right now that's revealing pride you see, Naaman was mad. He was angry. He thought, I should be treated. I should be treated with honor. He should have come out and talked to me. Oftentimes, offenses reveal pride. So is there an offense in your life? Maybe somebody's offended you. Maybe something's happened and it's offended you. Could you take a step back and think about that offense for a minute? Is it revealing some pride possibly in your life? 
Have you thought about the way our world is, our nation, our world is right now? Everyone is so easily offended. It doesn't take anything. Somebody tweets something on Twitter and the, the masses are in an uproar, so offended. Somebody said something that offended me. I don't agree with. And it, it, it is, it's amazing today how easily people get offended. What do you think that's revealing about our world that people get so easily offended? I think it's revealing pride. I think it's revealing that we all want our way. We think our way is better than every other way. And, and if you say anything that challenges me or anything that I don't agree with, oh, I'm just so offended. I can't believe you'd say that. Why do we get so offended so easily? What is it revealing about what's in our hearts if it doesn't take much to offend us? So is there an offense in your life right now that is revealing pride? Now let's look at verses 12 and 13. Uh, Naaman's going on and he's, he's going on his rant, going further on his rant here. And he's saying, are not Arbana and Farpar? I guess these are ri- rivers of Damascus. So there are other rivers he's more familiar with and probably rivers that are prettier than the Jordan. The Jordan was known for being really muddy and it, you know, it, it wasn't the probably the prettiest of rivers. So he's Naaman's like, what about Abana? What about Farpar? What about these rivers of Damascus? Why couldn't, aren't they better than any of the waters of Israel anyway? What, couldn't I just wash in those and be clean? And he's just angry. He's so upset and he, and, and he, he can't believe that, that, that this would happen. So his servants come to him and, and they say, Naaman, calling my father, Naaman, if he had told you, if that prophet had told you to do something great, something that would have just set you apart, something that you could have done, that people would have looked at you and said, wow, how great is that? Wouldn't you have done it? How much rather than when he says to you, just something really simple, all he's asking you to do is to go wash and be clean. We always think our plan is better, yet we fail to realize our plan hasn't been working. That's why we're in the position we're in. Naaman thought he had a better plan. But we need to stop and think sometimes. Why do we think our plan is better than God's plan? Our plan hasn't been working. That's why we're in the mess we're in. So let me ask you this question. Is there something God is asking you to do but you're fighting against it? Is there something God's been stirring in your heart to do, but you're, ah, there's, there's got to be a better way to do that, God. I can come up with something better. There's got to be a better way to do that. If our ways were really better, why would we need God? If our ways were really better, then why is there so much difficulty and trouble that we face? Why do we mess up so we, if our ways are really better, So we need to trust God. We need to believe that God knows what he's doing and trust in him and obey him. And the last verse, let's look at this one before we wrap up today. After those, his, his servants kind of convinced him and how silly he was really acting. Verse 14 says, Naaman went down and he dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, 
And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. So Naaman surrendered control. Naaman surrendered, and he humbled himself, and he obeyed the prophet's words. Let me ask you today, is there an area of your heart that you need to surrender? Is there a place in your life you're holding on to that really it would be a lot better if you would just surrender it to the Lord and say, God, you take this. Your plans are better. Your ways are better. You do know, and I, and I trust you. I may not like it. I may not understand it. There's going to be times in our lives we may not like what's going on. We may not understand it. We may not understand why God's leading a certain direction, why a certain door closed and another door opened. We don't quite understand all of that. But if we can not become wroth like Naaman did, but if we can just take a deep breath, get on our knees, and surrender to God and His will and His plan, I'm telling you the miraculous is right around the corner. If we will surrender, and humble ourselves before the Lord. What are some things we can do to put into action here today considering this passage? Number one, number one, I ask you, search your heart and release any offenses. If there are some offenses, if you're offended at someone or something or some entity, you're offended at the church, you're offended at your mother, you're offended at your neighbor, you're offended at your pastor, what, if you are offended let go of the offense. Don't let that get in the way of your miracle. If Naaman would have stayed in his offense, would have camped out in his being offended, he would have never received his miracle. Don't let your offense block you from your miracle. Search your heart and surrender that offense to God. The second thing I want you to focus on this week is quit fighting against the voice of God. Is there something God's speaking to you about and asking you to do and trying to get you to, if, if there's a voice of God is speaking to you, don't fight against God's voice. Don't fight against what God's trying to tell you. Don't fight against what God's trying to speak to your heart. Surrender to it. Let it go. If God's asking you to do something, don't fight against it. Your plans haven't been working. My plans haven't been working. I, I don't know the future. I don't see what's ahead. I, 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 don't, I don't quite understand it. God knows the beginning from the ending. God sees what's right ahead. He knows the way to take. He knows the direction to go. Trust God. Lean on him. If he's asking us to do this, let's not fight against God's voice. The third thing to this week we can do, ask God to show you what needs surrendered to him. Humbly ask God to reveal to you, Lord, what is it that I need to surrender to you? What is it that I need to give to you today, this week? What can I surrender that can allow the miraculous to work in my life? I have some things I need you to take care of. I have, some, I have a miracle I need you to perform in my life. Well, what is it I need to surrender? What do I need to give up? What do I need to lay down so that God can work in my life, work a miracle in my life? Lord Jesus, right now I ask you to search my heart. Search my heart. Is there any offense in my life, God? Am I carrying an offense toward a brother, toward a sister? Am I carrying an offense toward my pastor, towards the church? Am I, am I carrying any offense towards you? Search my heart, Lord. I want to release those. I want to let go 
of those offenses. I don't want to fight against your voice. I don't want to fight against what you're asking me to do, what you're trying to lead me. Lord, I, I thank you that you have your spirit is alive in my life. I thank you for your voice that's continually talking and reaching for me, Lord. I, I don't want to fight against it. I want to, I want to listen and I want to obey your voice. I want to do what you're asking me to do. God, your plans, your ways are far above my ways. Your thoughts are far above my thoughts. And I'm trusting you today, and I'm leaning upon you, Lord. I pray you reveal anything I need to surrender to you. Is there anything I'm holding back, anything I am holding into myself? I surrender that to you. I give it to you. I give it all to you. Lord, lead us and guide us. God, I pray we would walk in humility. We would walk in humility before you so that you can do your will, your work in our lives. We surrender to you. Walk with us this week, I pray. Let what I do please and honor and glorify you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, Visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.